We're joined by John Luckett. He is the CEO of the Raleigh Rescue Mission. And I said that we would talk about affordable housing, but let's talk about the picture of homelessness first, because I think that leads well into the affordable housing situation. What does homelessness look like to you? I think to the average person, they'll drive on the street and they'll see someone asking for money. Is that homelessness? So that's a portion of it. I'm glad you asked that question because uh, there's a lot of confusion about it. And so there are three brick categories of homelessness, according to the federal government and local and everybody that works in the details. But to the vast majority of people, they, they don't know the difference. So the first group is chronic homelessness. Those individuals that are physically and mentally unable to work and in um, our old uh, back in the 80s, in the old days, uh, we, these individuals have been in, in mental health. Uh, places like Dorothea Dix and other places like that. Uh, but now, Unnecessarily so? What's that? Unnecessarily so? Or? No, that was a legitimate need. Okay. They, once again, we're going back, they didn't have family members that could take care of them, and this was a service. And so through a series of events, those were closed, and so these people, they are on the streets now. Uh, some of them get help through what's called a housing first model, which is a good model because it says we're going to move you into this place and you're going to age in place. You're going to be here for the rest of your life and we're going to take care of you and provide the food and shelter that you need, uh, any other services. And that's a great thing. Um, there's another group that we see called the panhandlers. And panhandlers have been around a long time. There's laws on the books at Raleigh how to handle that. One of them is you need a permit to stand on that corner. So at Crabtree sure and whatever else. They don't have permits. Most of them do, believe it or not. Really? They go get their permits. Yeah. These are law-abiding citizens that go get their permit, and they live in a generous country. And so I've talked to many of them. They have other sources of income, but this is a way to, to add to that. They can make anywhere from $100 to $300 a day standing on that corner because we, we are very generous. But if you take those two groups together, and whatever you feel it may be about the group, it's either, it is the reality. They are there. It only represents about 20 to 30 percent of the homeless population. Really? The other part is that hidden homeless that I talked to you about, the 5,000 children. They're not on the street. We, it would be a public outcry if we saw 5,000 kids on the street in Wake County and with their guardians. We don't see them. They're the hidden. So those are the ones that are doing everything in their power not to be viewed as homelessness. And they're called situational homeless individuals, and that's the group that we serve. They're there because of domestic violence. They're there because of mental health uh, issues, sometimes lack of ability to get medication, other medical issues that cause them to lose their job. They're there because of depression, because there was a death of a child, a death of a spouse, of a death of a parent. And, yes, they're there because they had a series of unfortunate events, and I like to tell them they do like some of my friends on on Wall Street, when they have a bad day, they go and get a drink. But guess what? They get caught up in maybe the alcohol, occasion the drugs, and then bad relationships. And now what they were trying to do to medicate their pain has turned into a whole other problem and made it worse. So these are our brothers and sisters, in my mind, that do not have the support systems. Uh, as we know, addiction is rampant throughout the country. So, as a matter of fact, I don't know a family from a billionaire or to the poorest person had had somebody in an extended family that's got caught up in addiction. So this is not a problem of the homeless addiction. This is a problem of our country. But the people who, who get hit the hardest are the ones at the lowest level and don't have the relationships. They don't have the money to go to 
the um, addiction uh, places to help them become free, overcome that, that situation. So I think a lot of people are going to have a challenging time grasping the fact that the homeless people that they see on the street or on the side of the road with the shopping carts, that only represents 20% of the actual homeless exactly. population. The yeah. 80% is hidden. Yes. And that, that's a that's a startling startling fact for anybody who digs into it. But it's buried out by all the information at the federal level, state level, um, and so they separate it out between that chronic and situational. And so our goal is we don't want to wait. There are some programs, federal programs, that say, you know what, we're going to help you after you've been homeless for a year. That that would be like me saying, well, you know what, let's wait till your child flunks to class before we get a tutor. Why would you wait? You want to go in and help people so they can get back on their feet faster. So that's what our program, uh, we took some time. We took about a year in 2017 to really research what is the best way to get people back onto uh, the mainstream rather than continually see homelessness grow in Wake County. And so this was uh, this is our niche. We're not saying that other people are not doing great things. We collaborate with them. Individuals do this. But we do know one thing. There's not enough housing to put everybody in. So is affordable housing the answer? So I would say affordable house, it, it, housing is obviously always, uh, it's always better than unaffordable housing, right? <laughs> well, and, and tell us what affordable housing is, because we've been, I've been to city council meeting, planning meetings in different parts of this area. Exactly. And for some, some people define affordable housing as anything that's under 1700 a month for an average family. Exactly. But when you say that number, some families are only making 2000 a month. So exactly. So so we take an approach of this. We're saying this country was built on, uh, yes, everybody collaborating, work together. But at the core, it was jobs, training and equipping people to have jobs. Mm-hmm. Most people start on an interlevel job. And they move up because they get better education and training. So our approach is we need to work together both. Yeah, there needs to be affordable housing. And however that's defined, but what we're going to work on is equipping people to work jobs. So we focus on the jobs and getting them networks. And most people think you got to have a Ph.D. to get a job. We all know that's true. you got to have a network. you got to have access. you got to know people, right? There are more people who have jobs that don't have a high school education that are, that are successful. It's the millionaire next door. Right. Right? We all know this. This is the hidden secret among us who are educated, that there are people who know people who know people that get a person a job. That's the network I want our clients involved in. Believe it or not, that's the network we've opened up. And so we have plenty of our clients, yes, with high school educations, some of them with a college degree, but they are getting into good-paying jobs. Now, six years ago, when I asked people, I said, you know what, we, we want people to make between $15 and $20 an hour. As a start out, they're like, what are you talking about, John? I'm like, well, you would do it for your son and daughter. If it was my daughter asking you to come over, you would pay her a living wage back then. Right. Well, so why don't you do it for these people? Right. And so it's already, the world is kind of swung, tilted to us, right? That's what our people are starting at now, 15 to $20 an hour. And they're getting the opportunity through Wake Tech and other places to get some education so they can keep moving up the ladder. Now, I'm not naive to say everybody's going to do that. So, yes, I'm, I, I am for what the city's doing, trying to create affordable houses pockets, but we all know we're not going to all of a sudden roll back the, the, the years and we're going to be paying 1970 prices for houses mm-hmm. or apartments. Not mm-hmm. going to happen. So what do we do? We look at, yes, set-asides, I'm all for that, but the reality is we got to start 
helping our people get better paying jobs. So what are the, and we're talking with John Luckett, he is the CEO of the Raleigh Rescue Mission. What are some of the things that the Raleigh Rescue Mission needs? Obviously, donations are always great. Yes. But you talk about networking. Do you need people to say, hey, you know, Raleigh Rescue Mission, we've got jobs available. We've got. Yes. Yes. That's what we need. So what we're looking at is this partnership. Um, when we started this new life plan, this was the idea behind it. Uh, the chairman at the time and I, we sat down. He says, what if my child or your child left home at 18 said, Dad, I want nothing to do with you guys. I'm done. Went away for 10 years. We didn't hear about them. We heard they were doing a lot of crazy stuff. But all of a sudden, at 28, they came back and said, hey, I want a do-over. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't go like, well, no, you're not going to be able to do that. We're taking back into our home work them through any medical issues they had, introduce them to all our friends. And we'd be calling people saying, hey, you know what? My son or daughter is back here. I want to help them get set up for getting back in the workforce. What do you have? What do we need to do? That's the mindset of what we're doing for these individuals. So I'm looking for employers. I'm looking for individuals uh, that, that need people. I will tell you this. I, we know more about these clients because they've been living with us 90 days before they are uh, allowed to look for a job than anybody would hire an entry-level person off the street. Mm-hmm. We know the inside and outs. We can vet them for you. We can make sure you have the best fit for what you need to do. So we're looking for employers. We're looking for uh, used car salesmen because honest used car salesmen are out there and we know it. And so we have some who want more to help uh, so we can purchase cars and our clients uh, help pay for most of it. We assist them. And we're looking for landlords or small to medium-sized properties. Because if I own 10 properties, they're all paid for, I could I could afford on one of my properties to lower the, the rate. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not asking I'm just you one. to give it away. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's all I'm asking. But if we come together as a group, which we are doing, we can have a huge impact. Mm-hmm on what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so I want us to think about this, the, the, the positive things of this because what I hear the story is is we lament about how bad things are and how bad things are. You know what? Talk doesn't do anything. It's someone taking action to alleviate the problem. And I know most people are going to say, well, John, we can't do everybody. But you can do one, right? If you can do one, but we do more than that, we do approximately, um, in, in our facility now, we have about 100, 120 people we can sleep at one time. Mm-hmm. So in a given year, with because we're like a training center, we usually can impact anywhere between 200 and 250 people in our program. And so what we want to be is we want to be an example and a model for others to follow. No, we're not going to. The Raleigh Rescue Mission alone cannot solve this problem. But neither can any other organization by themselves. But together, churches, individuals, other organizations saying, you know what? What if I thought about this individual if it was one of my children or mm-hmm. my brother or my parent? Could I solve that problem? Oh, you know we could. <laughs> we would have all the energy and all the creativity. But when it comes to the homeless, we like we lose all our creativity and, and all these other things. And like, well, we don't know how to do that. Yes, we do. We do it every day for our friends and our family members. So you, we were talking about 
some of the things that the Raleigh Rescue Mission needs, and you have partnerships, existing partnerships with some businesses in the area. Who are you working with? Yeah. So one of the things that is key for is collaboration uh, among nonprofits and for-profits, right? And I'll start with the nonprofits. You know, we work with Neighbor Health Care Center, which is awesome because we're setting people up so that they can um, be able to take care of themselves once they leave us, right? We want to connect them with mental health, dental, all those services there. We partner with Salvation Army. We, we partner with Oak City Cares. Um, we partner with Healing Transitions, NC Recovery. So we see ourselves as part trying to address this, this larger issue, and then we play our part. And I think one of the key things is finding your niche, um, one of the companies we partner with is uh, Fred Smith Company in construction, Millennium in uh, their manufacturing, uh, many uh, many other construction companies that we're involved with. So, so we're very thankful that there's a very giving community there. One of the things that I, I uh, forgot to mention uh, as a story of how we partnered with someone, we had a lady who came to us who was um, um, fleeing domestic violence with five kids. Okay, that first of all, just the courage it takes to do that, and the fact that we were able to connect her with mentors, connect her with um, a used car salesman that got the right type of car that she needed um, for for those children and all that, and then find an employer that was willing to work with her. So that tells me the spirit and the heart. Uh, of the city and individuals that we all come together and say, okay, this is a problem we can solve. And that's what we're looking for is people that want to come in and say, we can solve this problem. Let's let's focus in on this and let's see what we can do. And she's much better now than she would have ever been because she thought, I'm just going to have to put up with this until all five of my kids are grown. And they were all under five. Mm. Okay, so that's not a good thing to be looking at. But now she is confident, working, doing a great great job for an employer. If someone wants to participate, if someone wants to become a partner, what is the best way to get in touch with you folks? Yes, go to our website, RaleighRescue.org, or you can call my number, 919-986-8112. You're giving out your personal number? I'm giving my personal number. You're a brave person. Yeah, yeah, because you know what? Most of the people who call me want to do something, and these are action-oriented people. You know, some people say, wait, don't you get a lot of complaints? Not really. I've been doing that for six years. I don't have that many complaints. I have people that say, I want to take action. I want to do something. That is amazing. And all it takes, as you said, is to inspire just one person to give one person a leg up. That's right. As somebody... That's what happened to me. Exactly. That's exactly what happened to me. And so we're inspiring future John Lockett's. That's right. That's what I hope so. And I think that we can do that. And I think that your story is very inspiring. And I'm so grateful for the time that you have taken today with us to share not only your story, but what's happening with the Raleigh Rescue Mission. Thank you. It was a pleasure being here. Thank you.